You're listening to the American Window Cleaning Magazine podcast, brought to you by Ettoray, the standard of performance since 1936. couple of really special guests you guys are really want to pay attention to. Uh, we have uh, Brent and Landon with C3D Solutions and these guys are really cool. They got some great technology. Guys, thanks for being on board with me. I really appreciate it and uh, really excited to talk to you guys. Thank you for having us. Yeah. We really appreciate it. No problem. So give me the, the give me your guys' background. What, where'd you guys come from before, before all this started? Um, well, I've been window cleaning when, since I was about 15, it was my summer job with my best friend's dad. He used to window clean in New York and he moved to Oklahoma and that was, you know, kind of my side gig when I, in the summer. And then when I got out of the army, whenever we were short for money, I would always go back and forth to window cleaning because you can get some fast cash in their houses and everything. Um, finally we had, an, we had another business and I was like, you know, I want something that I know very well. And um, just in my area, there's not a real market for a real professional looking uh, corporate style, I guess, window cleaner. So I got back into window cleaning and uh, just kind of went from there. And then uh, <coughs> Landon, you so, know, yeah. Yeah, so uh, about two years ago. I started, yeah, let Landon talk already, man. <laughs> <laughs> so about two years ago, I started working for Brent and I had no idea what window cleaning was or anything. So. Uh, my, my background is I'm really into technology, engineering, and innovation. So um, after about a year and a half working with Brent, we, he bought a 3D printer. I was like, hey, you know, I can, we, we can use this. We can build stuff and we can yeah. further the, the industry and just kind of make tools and stuff that uh, make our lives easier. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So you both, you both come from a window cleaning background and, and I, I mean, basically you're, uh, like a lot of window cleaners are and have been through the years, you're, you're a window cleaner and you're also an inventor. Yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Very good. Well, a lot of the great names, uh, Ettore, Sorbo, a lot of them were, uh, the same way, right? They were window cleaner inventors. So, um, good. So you bought a 3d printer and, uh, Walk walk our audience through. I, I I think I know what it is, but walk me even through. What what's a three D printer do? So a three D printer is basically you need to think of it as a hot glue gun that just points down, and it feeds rolls of plastic in there. It looks like weed eater cord, and it melts it as it goes through the hot end, and then it just make a layer on layer on layer. And <clears throat> you could do the same thing with a hot glue gun if the glue would dry quick enough you could just put a new layer and layer so it basically it's not printing in 3d it's printing multiple layers of a 2d object that over eventually and over. over and over that eventually turns into a 3d so think of it if you just had a single sheet of paper that's a 2d object but if you had a stack of paper now you have a 3d object so that's essentially what it's doing all right, so it's just, it's layering. So when I think of a hot glue gun, though, when that glue dries, it's still kind of like soft and pliable. This is a little different, right? This is very different, yeah. yeah. It, there's there's lots of different types of weed eater cord, technically, yeah. that we can put in there to give it different types of... Okay. Is it really weed eater cord? No, it looks just like it. I mean, it's not... <laughs> okay. I don't have any right next to me, but it's just, you know, rolls of plastic, and of course you have... Uh, PLA, which is what most hobbyist printers use, but then you have ABS. That's when you get into stronger material, 
uh, PETG, which is what we primarily use now. It's, it's harder to print, um, definitely a little bit more experience with 3D printing, but it's the same thing that water bottles are kind of made out of. It's very strong, but light, but you can print carbon fiber, wood. Um, there's even 3D printers that print metal. So um, it's very, very interesting to see, you know, how things are going to develop. Wow. Yeah, neat. So, um, so this starts off as just as kind of a hobby. So let, let's just say um, I <clears throat> I decide I want to buy I want to I want to whatever a thingamajiggy, right? Yeah. And so I want you to print it on the 3D printer. And what are the steps in order to get the printer to make what I'm wanting? What What do you have to go through? So so first of all, we you design what whatever it is that you want, and that's uh, that's exported from. Uh, some type of 3D modeling software. From there, it goes to uh, Slicer, which is another thing of software. And what that does, it converts the 3D object to what's called G-code. And basically that's just a bunch of directions, just a bunch of coordinates for the motors on the 3D printer. And then from there, you put it on the 3D printer, the printer can read that, and it just makes the motors go in a bunch of different places to print those, those uh, layers over and over. And then at the end, you'll have your, your 3D printer model. All right. So who, who's the brains in this operation? <laughs> it's joint brains for sure. We, that's what our, this setup is, is very beneficial because I'm very like, go, go, go. And Landon is more methodical and thinks things through unlike me. So it, it helps to, to balance it out. I, I do, uh, I would say the majority of, innovation just because I know the industry better and Landon does all the design work. So I can, he's very, very great. He's going to school for electrical engineering right now. And it's very great. Cause I can just be like, okay, here's, we need uh, a spray applicator. Here's what I need it to do. And here's the shape I think it should look like. And then just from that, he'll have something designed literally within a couple hours at most. So it, it really works out for us. So, so you kind of know what you want and, uh, and Landon gets you there. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly right. I can resonate with that. My tech team does the same thing for me. So, uh, somebody has to, somebody has to lay down where we're going, right? <laughs> lay the tracks. So, um, this type of printing, why, why is it, uh, what, what advantages does it have over just the traditional? Cause it sounds like you still have design. Uh, you still have some sort of CAD program that you're putting the design and the piece together that's going to feed into a printer. Well, why is this type of manufacturing um, better or different than traditional manufacturing? Um, the first thing is prototyping. That's that's kind of where 3D printing started was people needed to go from idea to an actual physical product. Um, that's the probably the number one direction, but where the, the 3D printing is starting to push is towards small to medium unit runs. So the benefit of a 3D printer is, um, number one, you don't have to get a mold made. So if you wanted to have an injection mold product, you're gonna spend at least 5,000 to get that mold made. And then if you need to make any small change, uh, you gotta get a whole new mold made. And then on top of that, you have minimum order runs for that mold that you have to, to do. And you know it's very hard to improve your design because your, your ideology is gonna be stuck around, well, I already have this mold, so we just gotta stick with it. Whereas 3D printing, you can also do very complex geometries that you can't do with injection molding. 
um, you can save a whole lot of material because we have uh, 3D printing uses what's called infill, meaning instead of it being a solid object, you can put basically honeycomb in between the object that gives it better strength, but also saves a whole lot of material. So then it, it negates cost a lot with your upfront. So if you have somebody that has an idea, you know, in the olden days, you would have to, you know, meet with investors, get a mold made, get your products made, maybe outsource to China or wherever you're getting stuff manufacturing, where now somebody can come to us with an idea and if it's not, you know, too, too complicated, we could have a physical product made within that day. So there's a lot of benefits to, to 3D printing um, that really trumps, you know, injection molding or, you know, other, other forms of manufacturing. Yeah, so I, I can see that. I mean, I, I've I've talked to different inventors in the window cleaning industry, and you know they'll make something and then they put it out there, and then they they get a bunch of responses back, and oh, it, you know, it'd be great if it was this or if it had just this little piece or or whatever. And so that person is very hesitant to to change it because he's got a lot of money invested in the mold. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and so then you know he wants to sell the. Uh, the defunct product for a while so that he can make enough money to make the improvement in, in the different mold. Right. You got okay. it. So what are its limitations? I mean, what, what couldn't I print on a 3d printer? Well, it depends. There's multiple types of 3d printing. I think we have to say that yeah, first. Uh, the ones that we use are called fusion deposition modeling or molding, mm -hmm. um, which is basically the weed eater cord mentality. There's some that use um, powdered um, substance on the bottom and then a laser comes by and cures the powder, you know, layers upon layer. And that you can do metal. A lot of the aviations <clears throat> are switching to um, the laser type 3D printing. And then you have, you know, resin base or stereolithography, I think it's called. So there's a lot of different types and the materials are kind of limitless. The problem you have with 3D printing, at least on our level, to you know, a $250,000 printer level is the size. So we're limited by our print bed size, where if we can fit a product in an industry on our print bed, we can make it. But when it comes to the bigger, like a water-fed pole, you're not gonna make a water-fed pole on a 3D printer. I guess you could, it would take a very long time. Um, but also the time it takes to print an object, um, that's the biggest downside of 3D printing, and that's where manufacturing groups have what's called print farms so right now we're only working on six printers well there's manufacturers uh, like voodoo manufacturing in new york they have like 160 printers so it really can scale by how many printers you have so okay think yeah. of some other ones so what um let's come back to our industry so you guys are out there you're slinging the squeegees and what was the first product that you said hey Let's let's lay this baby out and let's make this uh, let's make this product. What was the first product? Well, I I say it smiling because it's a hated product. People yeah. think it is the dumbest thing in the world, and it was the, our bucket bro or our bucket yeah. buddy. It started yeah. out as yeah. bucket buddy, but it was bucket bro. And the whole reason why we made that is I have cold it's cold out. I have nerve damage in my hands from Afghanistan, and I don't like being my hands wet in the cold. And so we needed something to ring out the ring out your wand. And of course, you can use the back of your squeegee or the side of your bucket. But we're talking about transitioning like storefronts or whatever. Where I just don't want to put my glove on there. Even if I have seal skin gloves. I don't want to get anything wet. So 
we made the bucket bro and uh we actually got a pretty good response you either love it or you hate it and the thing is people think you know when people come out with a, a new idea that the innovator is saying everybody needs one no everyone doesn't need a bucket bro like if you live in florida you probably don't need one but if you live in colder climates or things like that then um you're it would be beneficial, especially post-construction or you're doing a smoker's house or something like that. I don't want to touch my wand. That's it's just disgusting. So, uh, you know, there's other benefits to it, but the Bucket Bro was our first. And then uh, the one right after that was the hog handle, I think. Yeah. Yeah, let me talk about that Bucket Pro for just a minute, though, or Bucket Bro. You know, you guys sent me some samples of those. And um, we, I was... Uh, in my other business, I was teaching a safety class and there was, you know, we had a bunch of people in there and I think you guys sent me like 25 of them and I gave them away for like uh, good answers in the class. And after, after I explained what the purpose of it was, everybody in the class wanted one. <laughs> so, you know, the thing is that it, it does solve, you know, you're, you look at it from a cold water standpoint and that is that's true so in the winter months uh, we want to try to keep our gloves as dry as possible we don't want our hands wet if we're not using gloves but the other side of that is even in warm warm weather um, oftentimes what window cleaners complain about is cracked hands and because they're constantly wetting their hands and they're drying out and so they'll crack i remember you know years ago when i was cleaning you know i could get some deep cracks in in my thumbs and, and hands and so this, this actually would eliminate that as well as not having as much water, you know, drying on your hands. So, you know, once we explained to those guys what, what the advantages of were, everybody wanted a bucket. Yeah, yeah. And we, we sent a few out to people just for, just for kicks and we had some extra one. We like to give stuff away. Yeah. And again, like once we explained what it was, they loved it. So, you know, it's not for everyone, but I think once people had a better understanding, uh, the, the window cleaning industry can be harsh. So oh, yeah. before you explain an idea, you have old school guys and I get it, you know, the whole water fed traditional controversy is big, yeah. but, but if you introduce something like that, it's like it, it really steps on people's toes, but it's like, look, we're just making this for us. We're trying to make our lives easier. So it's, it's fun to have it though. And we still right. use it. Yeah, no, it, it's a cool tool and it, it has its purpose, I think. So, um, yeah, the window cleaning industry is, uh, it's a finicky breed, but, uh, um, yeah. So, and I, I just, I just want to remind you guys, you guys said that you love to give stuff away. And I just wanted to remind you that it's very difficult to make any money giving stuff away. It's true. <laughs> it's true. And we, you know, we have people, we want to hear, the reason why we like to give stuff away, again, it's kind of a selfish motivation. We want feedback, not from suppliers primarily. We want primarily people in the field that are beating stuff up, that have a lot of time on glass. That's where we want our feedback coming from, not, you know, suppliers for the most part. So when we give stuff away, yes, we want to, you know, bless people and give them free tools, but we're also looking to get feedback because, you know, we are, we really try to stay humble and stay hungry. So we, if there's a change that improves it, then let's improve it. We're not going to, you're not going to hurt our pride, but we're like, no, it's, it's a perfect invention, you know, leave it alone. Yeah. So yeah, that's, that's just, a good point. <laughs> I'm just kidding with you. But, uh, so then the next tool that you made was, um, it was the hog handle, right? Yep. Yes. Yes. All right. 
And so what, uh, why did you look at, I mean, were you guys using uh, hog hair brushes to clean? Yes, I was, I was doing some high rise. We, we use it on some uh, new construction or initial cleans. Um, a lot of, basically every house in Oklahoma is an initial clean because you're lucky to get a house, even a routine house once a year. Mm-hmm. So by the time it comes back, it's time to clean again. But I was doing some high rise work with um, uh, the squeegee squad here on downtown Tulsa. And, you know, I was just sitting there using the brush and eventually your hands get cramped just because you're holding it like this all day and right. you're trying to reach as high as you can. And it's like, you know, we just need like a, a more ergonomic handle and it needs to be high enough where if you have gloves on, it's not your knuckles aren't going to be rubbing on the wood and just something to wear over the day is just easier on your grip because by the end of the day, you know, you kind of have locked grip, even if you're just using a squeegee. So you don't need to add, you know, a hogs brush on top of that. So, yeah, that was an interesting invention because, um, you know, you start talking hog hair brush, uh, even, even for high rise guys, that's a, that's old school, man. Yeah. 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 Um, you know, they, they, our industry use hog hair brushes before the, the T-bar. I mean, there, there used to not be a T-bar out there. Some of these young generation don't know that, but the, there used to not be a T-bar and mop. <laughs> and that was the, the, the hog hair brush was what a window cleaner used to clean all glass, not just high rise glass. So, uh, pretty cool. Now I noticed on that product that you guys made, um, now it would seem, um, that, okay. So the hog hair brush is in the bucket and I'm reaching down, I'm trying to have this more ergonomic handle, but then you, you, you tell us, I think you said in one of your videos or something that you can't really attach the tool lanyard to the handle. So what, why is that? Or what was the purpose in that? Well, the reason, the material that we use now, first of all, it was a lack of our experience to be completely honest. We, okay. we didn't want to risk where, first of all, we're betting on someone else installing the handle, first of all. Mm-hmm. And second of all, uh, people don't tie stuff off properly. You know, let's just right. be honest. So we didn't want to, as young as our business was, to risk saying, yeah, use it as a tie-off. Because then you have oh, ANSI really? standards, you got OSHA standards. You know, we, ju- we just don't want to be, uh, it's just lower liability. Now, just logically speaking, it, it would be safer to attach your tie-off directly to the core of the brush, not necessarily something that's attached to the brush. Sure. Um, but the material we use now, uh, since we primarily use PETG, it's it's very strong. I mean, we have a prototype we're using right now that's an eighth, mm-hmm. an eighth thick, and you can stand on it and it won't break. So it's, it's very, very strong. But we, we kind of want to just play it safe early on. Yeah, I would think because that uh, that brush, the one you guys sent me a sample of that as well, and um, I mean it would come down to the screws that were in the wood, but the the drop test that would have to be performed on, the, or you know, it wouldn't really. It's it's kind of gray, but anyway, the it I would have to think that basically all it's got to do is support the weight of itself times the drop or whatever, and it's it's not going to be much weight. Um, so I, I would be shocked that that that, uh, that a tool lanyard wouldn't uh, wouldn't keep that from going, provided that it was screwed in properly into the wood block. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. once you know, we have we have a lot going on. Honestly, we have too much going on as far as you know, inventions and window cleaning, and prototyping for people. We we will be going back and remaking everything in different material, in stronger structure, mm-hmm. and uh, 
you know, even there's people that use a, a hogshead brush for ground level work stuff, you know, like yeah. traditional cleans, if frames are really bad or whatever the case. So even, um, even for groundwork, it's great. So we'll be going back and looking at stuff differently. All right. So we got the bucket, bro. We got the, the hog handle. Uh, what's the next one? Probably a bunch of adapters. probably thread adapters. Um, again, it was a problem that we had that we were trying to fix. Uh, we needed to run two water fed poles on a job. One, we have an under in light and this, the job, I think they're like 55 or 60, 60 feet up. And then you have your apex out and everything. So we were using every bit of the pole that we have. And then um, his little brother was going to come help us, and we needed him just to do kind of ground-level stuff, but we needed another pole. So we're like, we need an adapter that goes from Acme to Euro. So we just land and design one up in like five minutes, and we printed it, and we used it for that job. And then, you know, if it helps us, it could help someone else. So we started doing some uh, thread adapters after that and some water-fed trad tip adapters and the the wood tip adapter is is kind of my go-to but the guy that i worked for growing up very old school like water fed pole doesn't exist and uh, we didn't use huck towels or anything and so the cone tip was our go-to well the cone tip even though it's great there's always areas you can improve something so we made it our own kind of trad tip uh, that goes on the inner pole and then some that have an acne tip or a euro tip on top of there so a lot of thread adapters that was our next thing okay now you guys made something uh this little uh, trolley system or whatever for a water-fed pole that's basically a spray adapter right what, what's what's that all about yeah so we we just started the chariot last month and our goal there is again it was a problem we had i was washing my stepdad's roof and he has a metal roof on his barn and it was a pretty pretty big barn. I think it's about 40 by 60. And I kept falling on it. Like I was tied off and everything, but luckily, you know, I was tied off because I did fall at least five or six times and I was soft washing his roof. Well, I decided if I had my water fed pole with some type of nozzle, I could just spray it on there. But the, the pole would need to be supported, but also maneuverable. So we came up with the, the chariot to attach to a water fed pole ideally just to get people off the roof preferably mm-hmm. me because i don't want to get up on a ladder or up on a roof and spray you know sh up there and i'm breathing it in or getting my eyes on a ladder so we made the chariot and then uh, we want to get people off the roof but also get people in the soft wash game that aren't there yet you know we do have i have a, a very new window cleaning business we have a very new 3d printing business we don't have enough money for a nice pole and a nice software system right off the get-go, but we can sure. use the pole that we already have. So we designed the Chariot to get people in the game, and there's similar products in the UK. Um, they're a little bit heavier, more expensive, but they attach on the end of a pole. And we wanted something that you could basically daisy chain multiple chariots onto a pole. So if you had a long stretch of solar panel or a very tall roof or whatever, you know, a steep roof, you could attach it and it'd be supported in multiple areas of your pole. And um, that was kind of our goal there. Yeah, very nice. So um, I'm sure you've got more inventions on the horizon. Um, What's your what's your business strategy? I mean, are you just you know, funning around with uh, different things. It sounds like you've 
created different solutions for problems in your own business. But I mean, are, are you are you taking print orders from other companies? Are you trying to market the products that you are making to uh, distrib- distribution? Uh, what what's your model? Um, that's actually something we just talked about. So yes, we we're doing prototyping for um, some other innovators in the industry. We do small order runs to medium order runs for you know two to four hundred units for suppliers in the industry. Um, our goal really. It, if we see a big gap in the window cleaning market, such as the chariot in the U.S., there there isn't really a chariot that you can that you can buy or have accessible. So if we see a big gap in the industry, we'll put a product out there. Mm-hmm. But our goal really is just to produce for other people. Our, we really want people to improve the industry, and the easiest way to improve the industry is to have it where an idea can go to a product in the shortest amount of steps as possible and at least amount of money. I mean, that's, yeah. that's just the honesty. Yeah, I, I can see that play. So, I mean, you even the chariot, I mean, yeah, you ultimately don't want to build a bunch of inventory and sell through distribution. You'd rather one of the companies that are already doing that kind of thing pick it up, right? Yeah, yeah. We, we'd rather make the bullets than, you know, produce the war kind of thing. So we, we're not going to go head to head and try to make the next Tucker brush or, you know, whatever. There's already great products out there. Mm-hmm. Um, if there's an area where, again, a, a solution that needs to be applied on this product, then we will come out with it. But there's so many, the best innovators aren't manufacturers. I mean, that's, that's the honesty, the best innovators are people in the field. So yeah. if we can get them you know, get their ideas to help other people and help the industry. <clears throat> There's a lot of products that have a, a, a very high markup, and that's not the supplier's fault. That's just the the natural tendency of manufacturing's fault. So if we can kind of cut that out and get the little guys, so to speak, in the game quicker and improve the industry. That's that's really the way to go. Yeah. Do Do you worry about though? Um obviously the the printer has some sort of cost so you you've got some money there and do do you worry about um other people just i mean what what stops me from just saying you know what i'm not gonna pay you guys i'm just gonna buy a printer i'm gonna do this myself so and i don't mean this arrogantly at all by the time you get a printer learn what we're still learning learn how to CAD stuff up and design it, we'll be three products ahead. I mean, it doesn't, yeah. it doesn't really matter. There, there's, this is a full-time job in itself. And there's products we plan to give out for free. I mean, just to get people, entice them to get 3D printers and get their ideas out there. The, the 3D printing industry is very open source. You can go to thingiverse.com. You can get just about anything on there. So we want to make products, you know, we're not trying to hamstring you know, Tucker or hamstring editor or anyone like that. But if there's a product that's severely overpriced or if we can improve it and we're not really trying to market it, then we will give it away for free, but you got to have a 3d printer. So, um, that's just something we, we want to do to try to help out. Yeah. So, all right. And then I was, I would assume that there's, um, everybody probably can't just do the layout in the design, right? So you, there's a little bit of learning there as well, probably. Yeah. 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 Yeah, that's landing. Yeah, your your background landing is is engineer. So the th- the thing with it is, you can have the idea, but you have to really be able to think. Okay, how can I actually build this in a practical standpoint? Right. So you got an engineer there, and that's uh, that's in landing, and that's uh, that's 
Yeah. But yeah. even though with 3D printing, the temperature that the materials printed can affect its, its strength, its bend, yeah. everything, the direction that it's printed, how it's printed. There's so many factors that it's pretty yeah. ridiculous to be honest. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, you guys are uh, you guys are cool guys. Um, it's uh, interesting to see. I'm I'm always uh, intrigued by you know window cleaners that try to invent stuff. And there's a bunch of them out there now, um, yeah. you know. But uh, everybody tries. So you know, I I wish you well. I think uh, you you got some cool ideas, and uh, we we'll just sit back and watch how uh, how you continue to bring products to the market. I I really appreciate uh, you two innovators being on with us today, and uh, we're excited to see how things go for you. Awesome. We appreciate your time, yeah, sir. Yeah. We really do. Oh, no problem. Thanks for thanks for taking some time with us. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. Please uh, feel free to subscribe and also leave a review. And you can read us anytime at awcmag.com. Yeah.